All right. So uh, today we're going to take a look at uh, a story in John's Gospel, chapter 21. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of background before we, before we read it. So uh, Jesus was crucified. Three days later, uh, he was raised from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. Uh, Thomas was not there. And Thomas, you know, he, he said, well, I just don't believe it. And uh, he actually said, I'm not going to believe it unless I can put my finger in the holes in his hands and, and actually stick my hand into the wound in his side and and so uh, Jesus then comes and he appears. Uh, and Thomas, you know, is there this, this time. And, and, and Jesus says, you know, you come on over. Stick your hand in my side. And, and you know, Thomas believes. He falls on his face and, you know, he says, my, my Lord and my God. Uh, and then in John 20, it says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So that's chapter 20. And then chapter 21 starts, and that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, It starts like this. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, Haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, hang on, let me just pause right here and just, just, a lot of people have a question about, you know, why John is identified as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Anybody ever had that question? Do you know he wrote, John wrote this, right? You get that, right? John wrote this. So you figure it out from there. Okay, so then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. Not 152, not 154, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. 
This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter, by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. We, we want to hear from you, and we know that you want uh, to speak to us. So I, I pray that you would open our ears, open our ears, and allow us to hear from you. We, we trust you, God. We need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, as we lay out the story, so uh, Jesus has appeared twice, and this will be the third time. And, and he finds the disciples. He goes, he catches up to them, finds, you know, where he knows where they are, so he just goes to the place right there by the sea. And uh, Simon has decided to go fishing, and, and the others, you know, he just says, I'm going fishing, and the others say, okay, we'll, we'll go with you. And they don't catch anything. And then, of course, Jesus shows up, and, and you know the story. He calls out to them and says, you know, have you caught anything? No, we haven't. Throw your nets on the other side. And they catch all these fish, and, and immediately John says, you know, it's the Lord. Peter just jumps in the water, and, and he's swimming to the shore, and, and he's leaving, you know, the fish and the boat and the nets with the other guys, and he swims towards the shore. And, and when they get there, uh, Jesus is there, and he's got a fire going. And he's cooking fish already. And so, you know, I don't know if you've ever wondered. I wonder where Jesus got his fish. 
And, uh, but he's, he's got fish, and he's cooking them, and he says to them, you know, hey, bring some of the fish you just caught, and y'all, y'all come on over here and, and eat. Now, one of the reasons that I love RS Together, and one of the reasons that I love Alpha, uh, the RS Together dinner and Alpha, is because of what happens around the table. Uh, life happens around the table, and some of you are foodies, and you know this. Uh, you know that, that Sitting around a table and sharing a meal is not about eating, really. It's, it's about life to life. It's about engaging in conversation. There are 14 different occasions, and this is not counting the festivals where most of the, time, most of the festivals would, in, would involve a meal, but not counting the festivals. There are 14 occasions where Jesus shared a meal with, with someone. Uh, listed in the Gospels. In the Gospel of Luke alone, there are 10 stories uh, of Jesus sharing a meal with someone. Uh, Jesus understood the importance and the opportunity of life shared around the table. Now, what I want to do today is use this story uh, in the Gospel of John uh, to talk about uh, something different. Not really just about life around the table. Uh, I want to use this, this story to talk about uh, what to do when you're offended. Uh, what, do, what do we do when we're offended? And, and first of all, I, I guess I should just ask, because I mean, maybe, I, maybe I should talk about something else. Has anyone here ever been offended? Okay. So one or two of you. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about. I, I believe that if we're honest, uh, everybody here has, has been, is, <laughs> or will be offended. And you'll be offended by those that you know. You'll be offended by those you don't know. You'll be offended by people inside the church. You'll be offended by people outside the church. You'll probably be offended by leadership of the church. And, and the truth is there, there are some sitting right here in this room today who currently are offended with me. And, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. Uh, but when it happens, what do we do with it? How, how do we respond? Um, now, what I want to talk about primarily today is dealing with offense with people that you know. Um, it may be a little different with strangers. And I... I I know, you don't have to come and tell me later, I know that there are people who are dangerous and that there are boundaries that you need to put up between you know, people that are abusive and dangerous and, and that kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about what do you do when your friends offend you? What do you what do, you do when, when the people, and, and really maybe one of the main things I'm interested in is the people in this room, uh, when you get sideways, with each other. Now, what do you do? Um, so, um, here's, here's the story. Let me, give, let me kind of go back even further uh, than we went uh, earlier and, and give you the background. Uh, first thing that I think weighs into this particular story happens in John chapter 13. Uh, Jesus has dinner with his best friends. Jesus has dinner with his best friends, and at this meal, he says to them, one of you will betray me. And they say, you know, Lord, is it me? 
surely that's not me. And Peter says, actually, well, somebody, you know, some of these may, may deny you, they may betray you, they may desert you, but not me. I, I will die with you. And, and Jesus, at, at that point, looks at Peter and he says, actually, Peter, uh, you'll deny me three times tonight. And so that, that was kind of a big deal. So Jesus has dinner with his best friends and he lays out that these are the things that are going to happen. Uh, and then the second thing that happens in John chapter 16 and 17 is that Jesus takes his closest friends, the same guys, he takes those closest friends to the garden to pray with him because this is the most agonizing night of his life. He knows what's coming. He knows that he's headed to a cross. He knows what, what a cross is like. He, he is anticipating what it will be like not only to die on a cross but to carry the weight of the sins of the entire planet on his back. Not just those that were alive at that moment, but past, present, and future. And so he invites his best friends. These, these were his buds. I mean, they were the guys that he had said, come and follow me, and they had dropped everything to follow him. And he takes them into a garden to pray with him at the most crucial time of his life, and they go to sleep. And he wakes them up three times. And then in John 18, he's arrested. And, and another of the guys that he had chosen and said, come and follow me, walks up to him and kisses him on the cheek as a sign to the soldiers who they should arrest. And the disciples scatter, and, and the Scripture says that Peter follows at a distance. I would add, Peter followed at a safe distance. And then... The next thing that happens is that Jesus appears, but Thomas is not there, and so he doesn't believe. Jesus had told them before he died that on the third day he would be raised. Thomas didn't believe it. And he says, unless I see the wounds, put my finger in the holes, put my hand in his side. And the fifth thing that happens, and um, this could have been an innocent thing, I, I really don't think it was, though. The fifth thing that happens is that Peter goes fishing. You might say, well, what's, what's wrong with fishing? I like to fish. There's something wrong with fishing? No. But I, I, I get the sense that this is Peter saying, I'm done. You know, Peter was a fisherman when Jesus met him. And Jesus said, come and follow me. And from now on, I will make you to be a fisher of men. From now on. And now, Peter looks at his friends and says, you know what? This, this didn't turn out the way I thought it would. This didn't go the way I thought it would go. 
And it certainly hasn't turned out the way I wanted it to. And so I think, I think I'll just go back to where I was. This is too hard. I didn't, I didn't sign up for hard. I signed up for exciting. You know, you remember, remember in the early days when, when it, we just went from town to town and people were healed and raised from the dead and the crowds were cheering. That's, that's what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for hurt. I didn't sign up for disappointment. I think I'm just going to go fishing. And they said, okay, we'll go with you. And so the disciples deny, they desert, they reject, they doubt, they retreat. And after all of this, after all of this, they see Jesus on the shore, and he says, would you like your fish grilled or blackened? (laughs) So what do you do when you're offended? Number one, move towards reconciliation. Move towards it. Don't run from it. Don't make reconciliation chase you down Jesus goes to them he knows where they are he goes there he puts himself in the place where they are he increases the likelihood of reconciliation he doesn't decrease it listen to me I'm not preaching to you I'm preaching to us okay This is for me as much as it is for you. How many times when we're offended do we just say, well, I'm done with that. I'm done with them. In fact, Jesus, fire from heaven would be great. And we just move away. We just pull back and we move away. And and we even maybe entertain the thought that, you know what? You just wait. You just wait. When When they... realize what a jerk they've been and they come and they ask me for forgiveness i might later but the first on the first pass mm -mm. first they're gonna have to pay for it they're gonna have to earn it don't fall into that don't fall into that it's not a that's not a godly characteristic Move towards reconciliation. That's number one. Number two, bless your offender. Think about this. If I'm right, and Peter's going fishing was a statement of, you know what, I'm I'm checking out. I'm done with this. In our minds, we would say, okay, if I'm Jesus, you ain't never catching another fish the rest (laughs) of your life. And Jesus shows up on the beach and says, oh, you, your nets are on the wrong side. Throw your nets over on the other side. He causes them to succeed. While they're moving away from him, while they're acting out in rebellion and self-pity, he causes them to succeed. 
Who does that? He does. And if we're his, then we should. Bless your offender. And then third, serve your offender. Jesus not only goes to them, and he not only helps them catch fish, he cooks breakfast for them. By the time they get in, he already has the fish cooked. And it's waiting for them. Serve him. Move towards reconciliation. Bless your offender. Serve your offender. Here's the deal, guys. You will be offended. You will be. That's not the question. The question is, how will you respond? How will you respond? I'm not suggesting that Jesus was offended. I'm suggesting that the reason Jesus never got offended is because he did this stuff. This is the way he lived. This is the way he operated. These three things. He did this. He didn't do it because he was offended. He did it because he was not going to be offended. Chances are, you and I, from time to time, will be offended because our, our sinful nature has a tendency, rather than just living in our gut, it has a tendency to crawl up our throat and come out of our mouth. How, you were, how will you respond? Jesus responded by inviting his friends who had betrayed him, denied him, deserted him to breakfast. And so the question for us today is, who do you need to pursue? Who do you need to bless? Who do you need to serve? Who do you need to pursue? Who do you need to bless? Who do you need to serve? Now let's pray. I'm going to ask our teams to go ahead and and come and get in place as I pray. Jesus, I know that there have been times when we have said those very words. I, I didn't sign up for hurt. I didn't sign up for disappointment. But actually, we did. We did. That's exactly what we signed up for. But you are the reconciler. And you said, you said in your word that you have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And we cannot offer reconciliation to the world until we learn to live in it as a family. And so I pray, give us the grace to pursue, to bless, and to serve. In Jesus' name, amen.